It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko, one of your hosts, along with James Rapine, the other one of your hosts. You can find us on Twitter at Jake underscore NFL and at James Rapine. Follow us individually on Twitter and follow the podcast at Locked On Bengals for your daily updates on what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine. He is Jake Lisko, and we are loaded on today's show. As the NFL slowly trying to get back to normal, we'll get the latest on that and how coaches could be returning to facilities as soon as next week. Plus, Von Bell talked on the Bengals Booth podcast, said a lot of interesting things about Joe Burrow and about his off-season workout regimen, so we will discuss that. Plus, we will react to yesterday's Ken Anderson interview, which Jake is still ecstatic about because he's thinking about diving into the film with Ken Anderson. Jake, you're smiling just thinking about it. I sure am, and how could you not, man? I've been waiting to watch film, breakdown film with an NFL quarterback or an NFL coach for years. And and Ken Anderson is not only both, but he's the best Bengals quarterback of all time. There's so many reasons to be excited for that. Just like there's so many reasons to be excited for today's show. One of which is that we're brought to you today by Built Bar. You can get $10 off your first order on BuiltBar.com right now using promo code LOCKEDON. But James, let's get into Charles Robinson's report on Yahoo Sports. Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports reporting that coaches could return to team facilities next week. And this is just the the next phase phase of the NFL trying to reopen after an entirely virtual offseason. We saw the first ever virtual draft. Obviously, OTAs weren't in person, everything via Zoom conference call and Zoom meetings. And now, Jake, this is our, our first hint that things could be getting back to potentially normal and the other thing that Rob, Robinson added here that was quite interesting was that an in-person mini camp is still possible, which I think that's something that we've all kind of ruled out. But it, it seems like the NFL is at least open to the idea and that it could take place in June. Yeah, so this report says that if NFL coaches are back to work in their team facilities next week, mini camps could be scheduled as early as June 15th or as late as June 27th. And this is going to be dependent on a lot of state governments making decisions to open things up. The report actually points out that specifically California Governor Gavin Newsom will be one of the key obstacles to the NFL if they want to get that in-person minicamp going. California needing to make that declaration with several teams playing their football there. The NFL has been pretty consistent about this. Every team is going to be on an equal playing field. The Bengals are not going to be on the field before the Chargers and the Rams just because California hasn't opened up. So the NFL will keep things level and it will be dependent on all the states that have any football teams in them 
to open things up for football teams for things to go ahead. But the fact that we're even talking about this for something that's really only three weeks away is potentially a promising sign. Also important to note, they are going to be depending on COVID-19 data in addition to approval from the players' union. That's exactly right. And one thing that I think is important to mention here when you're, you're talking about reopening in states, this is just minicamp. Training camp, teams could say, hey, we're going to go to a different state. If you don't want to open, we'll have training camp in a different state. But minicamp, that's not something that, that teams are probably going to be willing to do. So an important note there. But from a Bengals perspective, Jake, we've kind of just came to the factor that the realization that Joe Burrow wasn't going to get time with Zach Taylor in person, wasn't going to get time in 11 on 11 or anything like that. This could be huge for a second year head coach, a rookie quarterback, an extremely young team that's going to be depending on a lot of new players and new faces to come together if they're able to and have a minicamp. Think about what's happened with the Cincinnati Reds this year a little bit, right? They go out, spend a lot of money on free agents, and so far they haven't gotten to use them. The Bengals have a chance to avoid a similar outcome, especially if things get going earlier. It sounds like NFL owners, NFL executives have all been on the same page and saying consistently, and today in this report is Stephen Ross. He believes that an NFL season will definitely happen. Ross went so far as to say, He's expecting there to be fans in the stadium. So the NFL continues to take this stance as we're not letting this virus stop our season. Avoiding that fate, getting people together, getting Joe Burrow to actually get into those reps with his receivers, practice with a live NFL defense, or at least a seven-on-seven sort of NFL defense, would be very important, I think, in his ability to gain that rapport with his wide receiver room gain some of that leadership acumen, some of that credibility with veterans as he is coming into the league as a rookie. I want this to happen. If it's going to happen, I want it to happen now. And that doesn't mean tomorrow that they need to have minicamp. But what I mean by that is make a decision sooner rather than later. Because if you can do that, then Joe Burrow knows, okay, I'm going to get time with A.J. Green. I'm going to get time with Tyler Boyd. I am going to meet Joe Mixon in person before training camp because I think that is a vital piece here as well. Can he and the rest of all 32 franchises plan for minicamp? And if they're not going to have it, plan in-person workouts together so they can uh, make sure that the the rapport and, and the camaraderie and everything that they need to do, that they're on the same page going into training camp. Obviously, I think – everyone agrees that health comes first. And if this is going to be a significant risk to the players, JC Treader tweeted today that the union hasn't agreed to any reopening plan and that you'll hear from the NFLPA when there are new developments. So there are some obstacles in the way here, but things are moving in that direction. The NFL has been consistent in their stance. We'll see how the data looks. We'll see what state governments do. We'll see what the players union decides and that will all come together to inform what the rest of this NFL offseason looks like and what the beginning of the 2020 NFL season looks like. James, before we talk about the Von Bell appearance on the Dan Horde podcast, I think Von Bell works out. He said he's been waking up at 4 a.m. four days a week 
for Krakadon workouts. And you know what? I bet he's eating built bars before he gets into it. He says that it's the only way to succeed. Getting up before everyone and getting your work in. Well, what better way to fuel up for a workout if you're trying to work out before the sun comes out than with a built bar? James, what flavor did you have before you lifted today? Coconut almond. And it's it's packed. 130 calories, 18 grams of protein. So if you're looking for a post-workout snack or maybe even a a midday snack while you're dealing with Zoom meetings, or maybe you're back at work in person, Built Bar, it's perfect. Only three grams of sugar in the coconut almond, so it'll fit your macros, and it'll help you get that summer bod as you regroup here from a physical standpoint post-quarantine. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. You get $5 off all week for Memorial Day, and an additional $10 off. You can use it together using promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's keep things rolling here on the Locked On Bengals podcast. And let's uh, talk about another podcast because I thought this was really well done. Earlier uh, this week, or actually over the weekend, Dan Hoard interviewed new Bengals safety Von Bell on the Bengals Booth podcast. And they talked about a, a variety of topics. Obviously, Bell's offseason, COVID-19 impacting NFL teams and really the world in which we're living in. But Jake, I I thought it was interesting because of what Bell said about Joe Burrow. The two were teammates back at Ohio State, Bell's final year in college, his junior season. Burrow was a freshman and Bell discussed the the respect level that he had for Burrow and and a lot more. So I thought it was mentioning, let's start with that. Did you know one, that they were teammates. I'm not even going to pretend like I did. I didn't remember that. I didn't recall that. And two, the fact that he said that Burrow has a warrior mentality and that he was taking shots from everybody in practice and that he's never had any quit in him. I love what I'm hearing. And it seems like everyone that talks about Burrow is consistent. Yeah, it is. It is remarkable how consistent it is, right? You have stories out of LSU that he's getting hit in practice and picking guys up by the face mask. And that, that didn't happen, I think, was was a later report. There was some clarity around that. But everyone that talks about him says that he doesn't quit. You you watch him go out, he gets smoked by Auburn. Hasn't lost a game since. You watch him in that weird tire fight drill that has nothing to do with football that they do at Ohio <laughs> State. And you see, I mean, this dude has no – he lost a shoe, I think, right? And he still won. Yep. It is it is kind of interesting to know that Von Bell's been in the league long enough to get his second deal. He turns 26 in December. Joe Burrow, not that far off in age. So while one guy's been in the NFL for four years, the other guy's been sitting on the bench or hurt and then transferred to LSU for two years. It, it does make sense that there was some overlap at Ohio State. They, they would have certainly known each other there. Also want to give Von Bell a little bit of credit before we talk too much about Joe Burrow and the comments there. He's getting up at 4 a.m. for workouts, man. That is, uh, we talked about that with the Built Bar stuff before before we started the segment. 
that's so early in the morning. Maybe that's just normal for professional athletes. But he says uh, he thinks it's his competitive nature. He cites a Mamba mentality, striving for greatness. And, and this is what you want to see with what the Bengals have brought into the stadium this year. Not even talking about Joe Burrow. We'll talk about Joe Burrow. But consistency, right? All the players they've brought in have this fight in them, have this drive in them. We're captains for all these guys they drafted. They're getting something very similar from a character perspective in Von Bell. They're bringing in guys that have the winning experience. And I usually kind of write that off and say it doesn't really matter. But when you bring it in in this volume, all these guys coming from teams that have playoff success or college success, eventually that's got to mean something. It does. It absolutely has to mean something. And it's when you're building a culture and you're doing it from the ground up, you want a foundation, you want a core of guys that are willing to wake up at 4 a.m., that are willing to do take the necessary steps and go the extra mile to be great. And I, I think that, that that it just really matters, right? Because we always compare position groups. But if I'm T. Higgins and I see Von Bell is getting to, to the facility at a certain time, even though he's a safety, I'm going to want to do that. And I, and I just – I think that's the way – to set a certain standard of being a Cincinnati Bengal and then the the young guys will follow suit and then suddenly you have a culture. So it takes time. It isn't built overnight, but you're right. I love uh, – one of the, the biggest gripes I have about professional athletes is when they don't show up in shape. I couldn't cover Ben Roethlisberger because I'd rip him to shreds. And it's not because he's a Pittsburgh steel. Like it, it is inexcusable, inexcusable to show up out of shape. So when, when I see Von Bell, he's like, yeah, Mamba mentality during you know, COVID-19. He's waking up at 4 a.m. for 5 a.m. workouts. That's how you become great. And I think that when you're bringing in players like that, you got to feel good about the direction of the Bengals. Jake, I, I also thought – and, and I am going to bring up Joe Burrow here, but I thought that this was really cool. And I get it. He, he's a New Orleans Saint, so he's right there. But he went to LSU's, Von Bell went to LSU's senior night. In the infamous Burrow jersey, the B-U-R-R-E-A-U-X jersey as he was running out on the field for senior night, Von Bell was there for that matchup. That uh, that was pretty cool to hear that that, that happened. And uh, this I guess this is just destiny that Bell and Burrow end up back together in Ohio. What better thing to do if you're in Louisiana than go to Joe Burrow's senior night? What a special night that was. So let's transition the conversation in the direction of Joe Burrow. He talks about the warrior mentality that you mentioned, the swagger, the knack of talent, confidence. He talks about, you know, he knows that if he got a chance, he could be a special player and he got that chance. Now he brings that to Cincinnati it's it's actually remarkable, and I know that everyone's going to say this about them because everybody's his teammate now, right? You're going to say, yeah, he's going to be great if you're a Cincinnati Bengals guy. You're not going to be Colin Coward, who we're not going to even talk about what he said on this podcast <laughs> because I refuse to give him the attention. He said something else that was nonsense. Everyone that you talk to that knows Joe Burrow has the same thing to say about his intangibles, about his drive to succeed, and it fits the theme of the off season. It really is the the more I say it, the theme of the off season. It absolutely is. And I think when you are building a culture, this is exactly what you need is you need culture drivers, people that are going to hammer home the message that you have 
in an attempt to turn things around. Like the reality is, is some of what the national media, not necessarily Colin Cowherd, but the national media, the uh, the way the Bengals are viewed, some of that is fair. They haven't won a playoff game in my lifetime. They've had four straight losing seasons and have been unable to fix a, an offensive line or fix a roster since 2015. There's a lot of things that go into that, from lack of free agent spending to bad drafts, and we could go on and on and on. Keeping Marvin too long, maybe keeping Andy too long. There's a lot of things that go into that. But if you're trying to flip that around and get the organization pointed in the right direction, it isn't just throwing money at your problem. The Redskins have done that for two decades. It, done, it never works, right? It, it is getting the right pieces that fit your puzzle. And that's why I'm so interested about this year because – I look at Burrow. I believe in him. I think he's got good skill players. I, I look at the defense. I don't see any glaring holes. I see youth, which could be a weakness, but there isn't any glaring holes. And while it's a tough schedule and I think it's a, a tough division, overall, I think they have talent. And I, I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch this year, Jake. Yeah, we've talked about the range of outcomes quite a bit, right? I, I've spent a lot of time saying there are – wide ranging outcomes for the offensive line. There's a lot of variance that we could see from a health perspective that could have significant impacts on this team. Th those questions still exist on paper, though, things look good. Just before we transition, I, I want to point out that David Fulcher was also on the Bengals booth podcast and talked about the Von Bell signing on the topic of Von Bell, because this is a guy that nobody saw the Bengals signing this offseason. They thought, we'll roll into Jesse Bates and, and Sean Williams for 2020, no problem, because those guys looked like they'd be mainstays for the Bengals' defense. David Fulcher, though, said, you need an outcast, somebody that doesn't look like the norm. He comes from a winning organization. His motor is a 10. Some of our guys' motor can only get up to 5. Maybe he's going to bring that level of defense up. So some high praise from a Bengals legend. We had a Bengals legend on the show yesterday by the name of Ken Anderson. And one of the things that I thought Ken Anderson said that was really interesting, James, is that he talked about his time with the Steelers and the similarities between the Steelers organization and the Bengals organization. And it's not something that I ever really actually paused to think about before he brought it up. But since he did, that kind of fits into this culture conversation we're having. The Steelers are kind of what the Bengals would be if they had a winning culture for the last 20 years. So let's get into that conversation and other reflections on our time with Ken Anderson next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So in case you guys missed yesterday's episode, Ken Anderson came on and promised me, the only thing you really need to know is that he promised me that he would watch film with me. And, and the rest of it, well, is actually pretty interesting to you. You should listen to the whole episode because we talked about his time with the Steelers, which we're about to get into a little bit more. We talked about his take on Joe Burrow. We talked about his consistent humility and humbleness when faced with Hall of Fame questions and his greatness. And I was just so blown away with Ken Anderson. But the one point that 
besides the fact that he's going to watch tape with me, stuck with me the most, James, was the conversation about the similarities between the Pittsburgh Steelers organization and the Bengals organization. They're both river franchises in small markets on the same river, even though they call it something different in Pittsburgh. There's actually three rivers that come together, hence Three Rivers Stadium for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I digress. Family-run operations. Now, if, if Mike Brown had had come in, maybe won a couple Super Bowls, if Paul Brown had won those Super Bowls back when the Bengals had their hearts broken by the 49ers a couple of times, would we see that culture permeating Cincinnati? Would we, instead of thinking of Mike Brown as a Chiefsgate, which I guess is, is somewhat debatable, especially after his most recent spending spree, Will we instead see him as Rooney, as an ambassador for the game who does things the right way, who rewards loyalty, who develops homegrown talent, because they really do run organizationally very similarly. Not a whole lot of free agent spending, a lot of homegrown talent, and I still hate the Steelers, but the parallels are just a little bit greater than I I originally thought, just because of that blinded by distaste for that team. Well, that's what the Bengals tried to create in 2011 through, I'd say, 2015, right? Draft, develop, and and re-sign their own. And that was kind of their blueprint. And when you looked at the Steelers, it made a lot of sense. But they didn't have the right pieces. They weren't. They didn't draft well enough. They In this day and age, you need to be a little more active in free agency. But, yeah, the similarities are there. And I think that the Bengals organization – and I'm not saying I necessarily believe this, but if you sat down with Mike Brown, he'd say, look, we do things the right way. It might not be what everyone wants us to do all the time, but we do things the right way and we haven't had success and we're trying to get it turned around. And and so I think that the you're right. If the ball would have bounced their way in one of those Super Bowls, just one in the 80s, and then Carson doesn't get hurt and they make a deep playoff run in 05. And then in 15, they make another deep playoff run. It doesn't necessarily mean win the Super Bowl, but I think the perception changes a bit. Instead, none of those things go their way. The 90s happened. And so now anytime there's a, a couple of years of losing, then you, you instantly default back to that. So that's what the Bengals are trying to do now is change that perception. And, and it can be done, but it's – it's going to be much harder than putting together just a, a few playoff runs, even five straight playoff runs, right? Because the moment they had another losing season, everyone defaulted back to the previous perception of the organization. So I think it, it's closer and there are a lot of similarities And hell. No one would know better than Ken Anderson, right? He talked about how he went to the Super Bowl in, uh, in, in 08 and I was so pissed off. To be honest, that Santonio Holmes caught that ball in the back of the end zone, one of the greatest catches in Super Bowl history. I was mad that James Harrison returned uh, that interception from the end zone all the way to the other side for a touchdown. That drove me nuts. How did nobody, like, he's not, oh, man. Just tackle him. Confession, by the way, I think thanks to Belt Bar, I could have tackled James Harrison on that play. And I get it, he's a tank. I would have went at his ankle. Yeah, okay. Went at his ankle with the Uh the Belt Bar muscles. Um, Yeah. But but no, I I just he experienced that. So the Steelers at their height, he played against the Steelers when they were the Steel Curtain, right? And Terry Bradshaw and, and all of those guys there. And so Kenny Anderson probably has the best idea 
And so if he says there's similarities, well, damn it, I'm going to default to him. There are similarities. Ken Anderson is a guy that, uh, man, these football players, they sure are charismatic. And Ken Anderson was a quarterback. So he, he obviously had a lot of dealing with the media and a lot of fawning fans, but he, he was really just spectacular to talk to. His energy, we talked about this right after we hung up with him yesterday. His energy coming on, when you listen to him, be like, man, I'm so excited to be here. Like, I don't have that energy, and this is my podcast. You guys you guys know that it takes a lot to get me riled up. James just did it a little bit, talking about that James Harrison pick six, because that just drove me nuts, but... I don't have that gear in me that Ken Anderson has. And it, and it was it was actually like even over a Zoom conference call, striking to just see that energy happen. And you, you kind of get how he was such a great player and leader for this team back in their glory days. It's funny you say that because the, the one conference call I've been on with Joe Burrow, I had that same feeling. Not, not necessarily his energy, but like, Man, he's going to get people to follow him. Like players in the locker room are going to buy into him, even if they're thirty or twenty-eight or twenty-five. Like that, he just has it. And, and you're right from from Ken Anderson's perspective, it's easy to see why he was an MVP, why he did so well with the Bengals and got them to a Super Bowl in 1981. And so I think there there are some similarities there, and that would be one other takeaway from the Ken Anderson interview. And he had said good things about Burrow before. But when you've played the game, and this is why you want to watch tape with him. By the way, I'm tagging along. I might not talk during the tape session, but I want to watch it. But the the idea that he watched Burrow and was like, oh, that's an NFL throw. That's an NFL throw. And it just on and on and on. That matters. So we break down arm strength and athleticism, and people are worried about Burrow's arm and things like that. But when Ken Anderson says, hell, man, his accuracy, that translates, his ball placement, all of those things – then you got to feel pretty damn good about Burrow and the Bengals' future. You know what else is actually interesting is there. We, we talked yesterday about the Kurt Warner comparison, and I, I can't find it now. But there was a podcast where a guy, I think he's a quarterbacks coach in the league or, or a scout or something, he compared Joe Burrow to Ken Anderson, saying they could both run a little bit. They're both very accurate players, and Ken Anderson, a, a pretty underrated aspect of his game, was his ability to run. And, and we didn't get to talk about that yesterday with him, but he, he was for the time a pretty, for, for as good as he was as a passer was a very, very good runner. Now, Joe Burrow might not be as good of a runner as Ken Anderson, but he's, he's probably just as athletic, right? Joe Burrow is a good athlete. So I, I just, I, it's something that I forgot to bring up with him yesterday. And I, I wish I could find the name of the guy who compared them, but anytime somebody is comparing a, a guy in today's modern era to a guy that's been around. And we heard the Joe Burrow, Joe Montana comparisons too. Well, Joe Montana and, and and Ken Anderson, not that different as football players, depending on who you believe. There there could be something there. And I just think that that's worth bringing up because we talked about it with, with Ken yesterday. And I just forgot to ask him about that comparison. That's a good point. And it's one that I bet analysts, one, don't make because – it's been a multiple decades since Ken played, but two, because he was a Bengal. And why would you do that? Why would you make that comparison? It's too easy. And so they go elsewhere or, or they go with a, a Hall of Famer, even though Ken should be in the Hall of Fame. And so it, it, it is nuts, though. When you look at the, the comparisons that Joe Burrow has, and I didn't hear the Ken Anderson one, but I, I like it. 
So it's Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ken Anderson, Tony Romo, Kurt Warner. Those are the ones, right? So I, I think Tony Romo is the worst of that list. It's pretty good company to be in if you're Joe Burrow. I love talking about Joe Burrow. Isn't it just nice to to <laughs> root for a team that has a quarterback that you like can't stop talking about? I just I haven't felt this way about a Bengals quarterback for so long. And it's just, uh, it, it's really nice as somebody who's covering the team, especially in this format where I still get to be a fan, right? Like everybody that listens knows that you're mostly getting an objective take from from me and from this podcast generally. Now, I did end up predicting somehow when I went on Lockdown NFL Draft that the Bengals would finish 8-7-1. and one. But the reason that we got to 8-7-1 and one is that <laughs> I called the Dolphins game a tie and I said that the Bengals were going to sweep the Steelers because obviously I'm never going to give the Steelers credit on a national podcast. Uh, But I made that clear too. Like I said, I'm going to say the Bengals are going to sweep the Steelers, but I I don't know if I really believe that. Now, the the point of that is as a fan who gets to cover the team, there, there hasn't been a more exciting time in my memory since maybe 2005 when I was just a kid. To, to, to be in this position. So I am grateful to Joe Burrow for that. I'm also grateful to Ken Anderson for that because he's making himself available to us. And that just adds another layer of excitement to this podcast for me. It does. It's an exciting time. And, and you're right. Like Oh five, the season alone, I think was, it was my favorite season as a Bengals fan, period. That being said, it does feel like that this doesn't have to be a one and done. Like that was a one and done. Oh six, you know, the injury happened in the playoffs and then oh six. And, you know, we, we know what happened. And it, it was underwhelming after oh five. I don't think this is going to be that way. I, I think like the Bengals could go four and 12 this year. And yet next offseason, Burrow will have a better understanding. He will be in a better position to, to lead this team. They will ho- hopefully put the necessary piece around him. Like I could still see it coming together. And I, I guess that's my point is I don't think this excitement is going to suddenly break after a year if the Bengals don't go 8-7-1. and one. I think that it, it's, it's here to stay, and it, it certainly won't be a one-and-done like 05 was. And I had similar excitement before 2005. So to me, I thought Carson Palmer was bringing in a dynasty in Cincinnati. But that knee injury uh, really threw things for a loop. Let's not even put that out into the world. Things are going to go much better this time around. And I'm just stoked that we get to talk about it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We will be back tomorrow as always. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.